This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato and have with me today Matariki from Young Workers Resource Centre. Kia ora, Holly. How's it going? It is going great and it is amazing to have you here. You've been in here before with me but a little while ago and you've been with Young Workers for a while now. Yeah, coming up to a year which is really exciting. It is exciting. It's a great place to work, eh? Oh, I love working for a workers' rights organisation because funnily enough they like give their workers workers' rights. <laughs> you know, um, interestingly, not every workers' rights organisation does that. Which yeah. is ironic, I know. But it is great. They are a great organisation and um, they walk their talk and I think you're a great example in that they they support young workers and they've employed young workers and, and I think that's great, eh? Yeah, I really, really love it. It's um, This is actually my first job in my like chosen field, yeah. um, which is really, really exciting um, and really, really great. Like I feel really lucky and privileged to start my working career with an organisation that cares about their workers and there's yeah. been amazing support for us during COVID um, which you know I just feel absolutely lucky yeah. to have. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're going to talk a bit about that as we go through the show. We're going to talk a bit about um, what employers may or may not have done during COVID for their workers. So so that will kind of be part of it. We're, we're really having a bit of a chat today about the work of Young Workers Resource Centre and particularly what's going on now in a COVID environment um, in an ever-changing environment where um, a lot of our more vulnerable workers as well have been kind of pushed out of roles and lots of different things have gone on. So we'll yeah. explore all of that today. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. Um, but can let's start with a little bit about you. Like what drove you, what made you want to go work for this organisation? Um, so I was born and raised on the very staunch island of Waiheke, um, wow. where there is a very tight-knit community um, and there's kind of always some injustice that's being spoken about. So it's a very fierce community for speaking up, which is great. Yes. Um, and following that, I then went down to Wellington where I studied and pursued um, te reo Māori and sociology. And I did a bit of laws for a while because um, mm. I thought that was kind of the only pathway that a young person or any person could really take if they wanted to do advocacy, if they wanted yeah. to be speaking up for other people. Um, I soon realised that law school was just not quite meant for me <laughs> um, uh, and then finished my degree and came came up here uh, where I did more te reo work um, and uh, I was doing te tohu paitahi at Waikato which yeah. is a like, full immersion drumaki uh, reo course which is amazing um, and while I was working there, it was 2020 so it was the first yep. year of COVID, real fun <laughs> Seriously, you were there for that? Yeah, so I finished my degree in 2019 and then and oh my god I have yeah. so much compassion and yes. sympathy for all of my friends who I left behind who are still studying yeah. who then had to push through the last few years of their degree. It or, would be so different and so much harder right and yeah. you, but you lose that collegial kind of 
what it is to be a student feel. Yeah, yeah. Like, you you know, you can't go to the student hub and yes. go just see who's around. And, you know, the campus and the hub is a bit empty. And, yeah. Yeah. So I really, really feel for anyone yeah. and uh, particularly high school students as well. Trying to do any type of mm. study in COVID seems like yeah. a real hurdle. Um, so, yeah. So I was studying in 2020 um, and my partner had previously been involved with young workers. Yes. And, um, they were like, yo, this job is perfectly for you. Um, I, When I was about 18 and I was still living on the island, I um, yeah. had a summer job. Um, nice. And experienced a little bit of exploitation in the workplace. We oh, love really? It. Yeah. Um, basically what had happened was there was a changeover. So um, a new new company bought the, the restaurant that I was working at. So um, you were a, um, front in the front of house? Sort yeah, of stuff? front of house. This was, this was back in 2018, so fortunately didn't have to worry too much about COVID. Yes. Um, but uh, front of house running an ice cream shop, really fun. Great ice cream shop on the on the beach of Waiheke. It was a pretty absolute dream job um, during summertime especially. Um, yeah. However, the business got sold to a new owner halfway through my contract. Um, and subsequently, I was dropped from my position to a lower... I was a supervisor oh. and then I got dropped to just an, just a, an employee. Did they need to... Did they take on your contract? Like, yeah. they buy your contract too. So... So that was they were not able to do that legally speaking. <laughs> yeah. They were not allowed to do that. So basically, they'd put in a commitment that I would um, that my terms and conditions, so my wages, yeah. my status, my yes. my hours would stay the same. Um, however, they dropped my uh, dropped me down from a supervisor to a regular old employee, and also dropped my pay. Funnily enough, did they negotiate that? No, no, no at all. Um, and I myself had not signed the new contract because I noticed that there was a drop in pay, and nice. so I was waiting to to talk to these people about about it. Um, yeah, and essentially. They uh, gave me some misinformation and mm. said that it was illegal for me to be working on the premise without that contract. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, if only you knew what you knew now. Exactly. Well, I was I was really lucky um, because both my parents are unionists. Oh. So, um, yeah, well, you were in the perfect environment. Yeah, they actually met at a union boot camp. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and their first date was a picket. So, yeah. kind of in my blood. A bit of a leg up yes. there. Uh, so, I took took this issue back to mum and dad and was like, "Yo, this doesn't feel right. Like in yeah. my gut, this doesn't this doesn't yeah. sit well with me." And they were like, "You are an experiencing an injustice. <laughs> Come with me, darling." And so they they helped me write a, my first personal grievance, which is nice. how you write how you raise an issue if you're an employee. Um, and uh, but what I really experienced was um, this roller coaster of emotion. Mm. Uh, you know, there's uh, you start off and you're like. Well, particularly as a young person, when there's this big gap in knowledge about what yes. your rights are. Um, and you, power. And power. It, yeah. Big, big power imbalance, particularly, you know, I was working uh, just over summer to save money so I could go to uni. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't want to, uh, pretty much everyone else who I worked with, who were all my age, all mates from high school, were like, you yeah, know, we don't want to kick up a fuss because, you know, yeah. we just want to get our money and be able to save up to pay for our living expenses when we yeah. go back to school. Yeah. Um, so there was like a whole heap of emotions in this roller coaster, including like self doubt and like, mm. am I, you know, that vulnerability of am I in the wrong? Like, I just don't know, or would it mm. just be 
better for me to be quiet and take the money and work. Um, but that injustice didn't sit right with me. And so after I experienced that kind of lull, that, uh, that low that of self-doubt, there'd be this like rise of anger and I'm like I'm gonna burn the place down this is the worst injustice ever I need to I need to fix this um and then the self-doubt would come yeah 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 so uh that experience particularly those emotions and that vulnerability and that power of balance that really pushed me to want to do and that sense of frustration eh? yeah something being done to you and what you know what can you really do about it yeah and that gut feeling that something is off yeah uh, but not being able to pinpoint it and not having the words to verbalize it and, and articulate yeah. it. Um, so I then took that uh, experience under wraps, con- uh, went through the process, um, headed back to uni uh, where I pursued law because I kind of thought yeah. that's how I could <laughs> could kind of do this and get paid rather than just like yeah. yelling at figures of authority for free. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. which I will happily do. Did you, did you take them through the PG process? Yeah. How yeah. did that work out for you? Um, it was a very long process, um, yes. which I have now come to learn in my uh, experience at YWRC at Young Workers Resource Centre that that's not unusual. Yeah. Um, so this all kind of happened in January and I raised the PG within about two weeks of it all happening. Um, we went to mediation in April. Yeah. Um, so there was about a three, three-ish month wait there. Um, and then uh, at mediation, mediation is, um, for those of you who don't know, it's basically where you get in a room with um, a third party, non-biased, um, kind of like a mediator is what they're called. Yeah. Um, and, and they're employed by the Ministry of Business and Innovation so they're kind of like the third party holding the ground rules let's make sure we don't point fingers and yell at each other type of dude (laughs) type of person rather Um, and uh, you're there as the employee and and hopefully you've got some representation Mm. I was lucky that my parents came with me Um, and the employers there on the other side uh, if they're smart they'll have representation as well Um, were they smart? they were smart they did have (laughs) representation Um, uh, and then basically whoever's raised the grievance speaks first um, kind of lays out the points in, of, mm. of the issues and what the, the crux of the injustice is um, and then there's a chance for a break uh, and then the employer side speaks that can be really tough to hear as a worker like yeah. I had to sit through them telling me what a rude person I was and how mm. I you know had absolutely zero customer service skills and you know was really hard to talk to and um, basically what a bad person I was. Which is interesting because it had nothing to do with your contract anyway. No. That was performance management yeah. stuff. That's a whole other thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so, you know. Which is not, it wasn't true either, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah also yeah. not true, hopefully. Yeah. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> but also it's irrelevant, so it's interesting that that was the, what, the road they went down. Yeah, and it's it's quite common for, for that yeah. road to be taken, you know. Uh, it's real common um, because there's that power imbalance, you know. It's yeah. a he said, she said in that room. And the employer can just say that, you know, like hopefully they're acting in yeah. good faith and, and what they're saying comes from something. But they can interpret it as that mm. you were just difficult and, and you know, you were rude and, and just hard to a hard employee to have. Yeah. Um, and particularly as young workers, because there's a lack of knowledge and a lack of experience yes. in the workplace, you're like, well, maybe I was. Maybe I was being rude I, and I just didn't no. know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was pretty difficult. I was very proud of myself. I was like 18 at the time and I spoke on, I did all the speaking myself. Nice. Um, uh, I, partic- I really like 
I really brought out the tiny violin um, in mediation and <laughs> yeah. and talked about like how it had emotionally affected me, but yeah. that that wasn't untrue though. Yeah, of like, course, yeah, yeah, take a massive emotional toll plus a massive financial toll. That was your yeah. saving for your your university. Yeah, exactly. So I essentially didn't didn't have work yeah. for the rest of the summer, um, which was real difficult to go back to school with. Yeah. Um. So we didn't we weren't able to resolve in mediation, um, and they requested that we have a. Uh, another session for mediation. Um, I was living in Wellington at the time, so and I would have, would have had to fly up to Auckland yeah. for the second one, so I kind of said, like, yeah, that's all good, but you guys are going to have to pay for my flights yeah. and pay for my time off school because, you know, when you're paying to go to university, each yeah. lecture is about 50 bucks. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that kind of uh, made them settle a little bit quicker. Yeah. Uh, and we finally got it all wrapped up uh, and the settlement was in my bank account by about the end of September, beginning of October. So wow. so I see how what you mean about how long that process was. Yeah. From your perspective, going through such a long process, plus it taking that emotional toll, was it worth doing? Yes, 1,000%, yeah. 100%. Um, I'm quite a feisty person. and, and No. Really? <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for me, it was really about making sure that they knew that it wasn't okay to treat people like this. Yeah. Um, they, they told me flat out lies about what the law was. And, yeah. and as a young person, who didn't, you know, I didn't have my phone ready uh, to yeah. just Google if that was true or not. Like, well, of course, yeah. So I was taking their word, and and if they were telling other young workers this, and they didn't have the same gut reaction that something was wrong, yeah, then they just would have been taken for a ride. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, f- and and the other thing for me as well is that, like, coming from Waikiki, that's a small community. Like, all of the young people on the island work in hospo, basically, yes. um, and we all cycle through the same jobs. Um, um, and it was pretty likely that I would know the next person who would be yes. exploited by this employer. Um, and hopefully they do think twice in the future about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting you say that. I, I remember when I was first at um, the community house managing it. And, and, you know, you don't you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But yeah. you get that same gut reaction with things. And um, I was supporting somebody who the police were speaking to. Mm. Um, and at one point, that, and I was just making notes, at one, which intimidates people, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Note taking. Wow, yes. what a powerful mechanism! Oh, actually, it's, it's more so than you think, isn't it? Yeah. And at one at one stage, they suggested that she would be um, charged with perverting the course of justice if she didn't hand over this particular oh information. And 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 so I've, I've said, sorry, can I get this straight? That you were saying that if she does not give this information, you will charge you with perverting the course of justice. <laughs> <laughs> and then backtrack really quickly, and I said, because my understanding was that you are required to be here to give information, and she's not required to answer any questions. Is that mm. the case? <laughs> you know, nice. And and it's really interesting how quickly they roll back and certainly I don't believe all police are like that by any stretch they're often very good upstanding people but it was another situation where you know I didn't necessarily know the exact law but knew something didn't feel quite right and at the very least take a note yeah go look that up such a good lesson I um whenever I talk to any young worker who tells me that they've got like that little gut feeling that something yeah. might not be right, I'm like, start taking notes. Start, yeah. start a Google Doc. Google yes. Docs are amazing because they um they they have the built-in timeline, so yes. um you can go back and and see when your edits were made and stuff, which is great. It's a really good point that um 
but also yeah making sure you you capture who was there in a conversation what was said yeah exactly yeah. if you if you can you can always like one of my favorite tricks is if you having a phone call with your boss or something and you get that feeling that something's not quite right flick them an email afterwards and just write what you guys talked about and be like oh thank you for the chat from my understanding we talked about x yes. y and z um cheers you're, you're, you're absolutely right and, and from an employer perspective i do the same if i've yeah. had a conversation that feels like it was a conversation yeah yeah i, I follow up with a thank you for our conversation this is what i've got um you know do we understand like are we on the same page you know so i'll capture kind of the essence bullet point the main things we decided and check that we're on the same page because like as an employer from my perspective my role is to make sure people thrive in their jobs that, yeah. that's what your job is yeah. when you're the person overseeing other people um and it's so easy to to misread each other and misread mm. intentions yeah you know but also duties and and just you know the things get lost in translation eh yeah yeah they do and especially over like you know uh communications online you know emails and text messages oh. it's real easy yeah. for that to like get skewed so so i understand when people want to have phone calls just so they can get the tone of voice and stuff yeah. um but, but following even, up and afterwards is real handy awesome and, stuff and even on even on zoom like even video chat yeah. like, it's still not the same as being face to face i don't know why yeah no i don't know why either i maybe, maybe it's because i can't smell you yeah. <laughs> you, you never you it might be it who knows yeah yeah no it is really strange um and i really feel for um young workers who are, like me are coming into their workforce or their chosen jobs uh cho chosen areas of expertise um during covid yes because it's um it's pretty weird to not have a history or an established routine and structure and yeah. understanding of what you know being at work is yes um and then being hit with covid and all of those changes um whether you're going from working from home or not or if you're um unable to work at all you know there's there's so many uh adjustments that we're having to make yeah um and and like for me i've particularly felt it i do not work from home well <laughs> and so uh and so when we were going in between the lockdowns and stuff um trying to just wrap my head around how mm. that works was mm. a really big thing particularly when there there hadn't been like um a history of oh this is how you do your job. Yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But also, and we talked about this briefly off air, um, also if you're a person that gets energy from other people, mm, it can yeah. be really hard being quite isolated, eh? Yeah, yeah, no, I, there's a lot of stress and anxiety at the moment. Like, I I just feel like in the world generally with COVID, it's kind mm. of an anxious time. Uh, and the Ukraine thing doesn't help either. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, it's could just we horrific. please have one or the other, not both at the same time? <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah. We, we were going to touch on um, what some of those themes are around COVID for young people now and I think you're starting to talk about that <laughs> with that whole, you know, the, the whole workplace structure is different but do you find as well there have been um, other themes that have emerged because of COVID for young workers? Yeah um, oh I'm just going to do a quick plug yeah. in case you guys aren't aware I work for the Help Centre at Young Workers Resource Centre so we take calls we give advice um, and I personally take cases uh, for any young workers under the age of 35 who are experiencing trouble in the workplace yeah so we have been getting a lot of covid um, related issues and queries
stories coming through. Um, the big thing that's that's really, really difficult is just the amount of change. Like, mm. you know, um, we had the first year or so kind of getting our heads to wrap around what the lockdown system meant yeah. um, and the alert level system. Um, and as we were going through that process, new schemes um, and and uh, for what employers can, can apply for to pay their workers, um, what the rights and regulations were around um, isolating, yeah. all of those were changing, um, you know, and developing as we kind of came to terms with the reality of COVID and, and yeah. what that meant. Um, and now that we've moved into the traffic light system, um, particularly this past month when we moved from phase one, two to three quite quickly, yes. um, the, the, the rules around isolation changed dramatically in close contact. Yeah. Um, and that's that's quite uh, that can be quite scary because it's um again very very fast paced change but it's fast paced change that affects um and impacts what your employer can apply to pay you yeah uh, which can be pretty scary yeah um and I I spent like the past month or so like maybe two hours a day on the on the on the web pages on the MOH yeah. page trying to wrap my head around what what this means in reality um but I'm being paid to do this you yes. know like that it's there's this expectation that employees and employers will have the same level of knowledge and understanding yeah. about how this works um but it's fast-paced change with um with big impacts um and it's hard to ha- wrap your head around yeah it, it really really is um it concerns me as well, you know, how particularly vulnerable workers, and when I say vulnerable, I mean, you know, you're not the CEO of a company, you're not, <laughs> you know, you're not, not at, at that higher level where you can make, you can be a lot more autonomous. So mm. um, at the moment, I've decided I don't really want to work from the office, mm. um, you know, because I want to reduce my risk of COVID as much as possible. But and I want to reduce the risk of spreading it to others because I'm still playing indoor netball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. feels really quite like a dangerous ah, place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I thought netball so yeah. dangerous. It's so mind you, yeah, okay. anyway. Um, so, but that's that whole thing. Like most of my team, well, I've said to the whole team as well. Anyone who wants to work from home can work from home um, mm. if, if if that's where you feel safest. You know, you you manage your because COVID proved to us we could all work effectively from home. Yeah, so yeah. So I have some team members going in, some people working from home. That's fine. That's really different than if you work in a in a bar or yeah. in an ice cream shop, yeah. you know, and and or or actually even, I don't know, as a, a data entry person, yeah, you might not have the autonomy to work from home, even though your job could work from home. Yeah, and it's it's really difficult because what we what we do know and what we have seen is that young people populate areas, uh, industries like retail and hospo, yes, hugely. Like that, those industries rely on young workers to survive, um, and the, and those are high contact jobs, yes, uh, public facing. Um, and the corridor that I've been having with pretty much all of my mates uh, and pretty much every young person I've talked to, to unless they themselves are immunocompromised or yes. have have a disability or um, you know will have asthma you know will yes. be quite greatly affected by COVID um, the general the general uh, corridor I've been having is that with with young people is that we're not so worried about getting it ourselves but we're terrified about passing it on to other people and, yeah. and particularly like you know Alfano who are vulnerable um, if, yeah. you know and particularly when we want to be able to the, be the ones who help like um, I've been having conversations with my family and, and with my friends and stuff about like what do we do if someone gets uh, COVID and yes. what do we do if grandma gets COVID and like you know from from my perspective of like coming from a Te Māori uh, perspective like 
I feel like it should be the younger generations who go and look after the my gra- well I feel yes. like it should be one of the cousins the youths who go yeah. and look after grandma <laughs> yeah. uh, because we won't be hit as hard by it but the fear of passing it on to someone vulnerable or or someone who, who yeah. would would be hit hard that's that's pretty terrifying and that's really it's a hard risk to manage when you're in these like public yes. facing high contact roles absolutely and especially as the rules have changed around what you need to disclose now in terms of close contacts yes so the latest change is that close contacts no longer exist um, and locations of interest have also cha- uh, also t- Yes. Gone. So basically it's a household. Yeah, yeah. And that's essentially it, eh? Yeah, and what that also does is it puts a lot more responsibility onto the individual to be the one disclosing to uh, your friends if you've had COVID or if you know someone who's had COVID. Um, So I got a a bit of a scary text message from my auntie who I was hanging out with over the weekend yesterday um, where she was like, she did did everything right, which was great. So she Mm. went and got her test, uh, came back positive, sent, uh, sent all of us who were hanging out with her uh, with her a message basically being like I've tested po- a positive on this date this was my infectious period yeah. um, due to the government regulations you're allowed to go about your daily life but do monitor for symptoms yeah yeah I yeah. mean and that's all we can do right now but it's scary how many of them are Mm. coming now they're coming thick and fast yeah yeah so um a lot of stuff about like internal house planning like yeah. you know it's uh i've been talking to mates who are having chats in their flats and i'm i've been having the chat within my own flat about like you know well what is our plan if someone gets covid mm. like how do we how do we manage that yeah from a young worker's perspective then what would be your advice at the moment kind of what's on top for for young people right now um, so big piece of advice would be to communicate with your employer. So um, obviously all of this COVID stuff and particularly the change mm. from uh, around not no longer having close contacts, that's like a huge anxiety yeah. um, <laughs> for everyone. Um, so when you say communicate, it's not just about saying, oh, I've had a close contact or someone in my household. It's about you also saying, I'm freaking out about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's very fair. Yeah, um, you know, our employers are human and I'm, I'm hoping that most... Hopefully of- most of them are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm hoping that most employers will be quite understanding of the fact that that COVID's quite a big anxiety. Um, Inducing kind of thing, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, having these honest chats, if, you're, if your anxiety levels, if, you've, if you're noticing that, you are, that you're not wanting to leave the house, if you're yep. not feeling comfortable being out and about, like, flick your, flick your manager a message, write them an email, um, give them a phone call, but send them that follow-up email afterwards. And add that to your Google Doc. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. All of those good tips and drips. Yeah. Um, but... Basically, so in the law, there's this thing called good faith, which yep. I happen to love. It's um, it's agreed upon in everyone's uh, individual uh, in everyone's contracts and employment agreements, and it's also in the law. Yeah. Um, and basically, what it is, it's about clear, responsive, honest, open communication. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're if you're letting your boss know, you're like, hey, I, I like I need support. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with yep. this. That's that's um, that's a great first step. Um, we're 
also available so you can give us a call um if you're a member of a union give them a call there are like pathways and yeah. man- and strategies to manage this and a number of businesses have eap programs you can yeah. access support through so you do find out about that yeah yeah exactly so eap is the um, employment assessment uh, program which is free counseling for workers which yeah. is amazing um uh, particularly uh because you know it, it can be stuff that's uh related to stressing you out at work so yeah. that's that's COVID anxiety and stuff but um but also uh it's quite good because you can focus it on how to deal and process that anxiety to return to work that's um, that's perfect and that's the end of our time really oh awesome <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically though if you are thinking you just need to talk a little bit more about this get hold of Matariki on the help desk at Young Workers Resource Centre Google them if all the details are there yeah and that is us for another week you've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0 Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.